All right. Well, hey there, preachers. Today, uh, we're talking through our Easter sermon. This is originally going to be preached for 2019, but you might be finding this later on in some future date. And I'm on the uh, call with Pastor Scott Kreps, who uh, took the lead on this sermon. So Scott, before we get into the details of this particular sermon, I think it's good, especially for um, people who are new to preaching or new to pastoral ministry, why don't you just share real quick about kind of our philosophy of ministry on an Easter Sunday? Who are we preaching to? What do we have in mind? Because it's a little different than a normal Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Easter is going to be a really busy Sunday. There's going to be lots of people there, uh, which is fantastic. And there are going to be lots of guests. We make it a high priority at our church to be very invitational. We're really encouraging the people in our church to invite friends, family members, coworkers, neighbors, whomever. Um, it's true that people are just much more open to coming to church on Easter. And so we're expecting lots of guests, lots of people who are, are coming to church for the first time, maybe the first time ever, maybe the first time in decades. And so we want a message that is going to be very clear for them, that's going to be really bringing them to Jesus, bringing them to the cross. And um, so it's going to just be really, it's not like a insider kind of a Sunday, if you will, you know, it's not like the time to um, really, I, I don't know, kind of focus on things that um, a lot of Christians would understand, but people who aren't Christians wouldn't understand. So we want to be clear. We want to be um, just really compelling and uh, really make sure that we speak to the guest and make them feel welcome. Okay, so the other thing is that our sermons are a little bit shorter on Easter. I know all churches don't do that, but for us, we we tend to say to our preachers, hey, what are we doing, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, instead of 30 to 35 minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Want to be a little shorter, probably looking at 20 minutes, um, and really 25 minutes that would be like from I get up on the stage and say hello to amen. Better, I want to be under 25 minutes. So yeah. um, just want to keep it tight, want to keep it focused, want to move along quickly, um, just because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of moving parts on Easter Sunday, and we want to grab someone's attention and uh, get them to the gospel and then hopefully make a good impression so we can have future um, conversations with them. Yeah, and really, that's what we've learned. And now, again, not all churches do this, but we're not looking to close the deal on an Easter Sunday with people because they're with their families and in their hats and bonnets and all that. <laughs> but, you know, one of our goals, we've always said as a teaching team is we want to try to get them to come back next week, right? So our focus is going to be to get them to say, that wasn't that painful. I think maybe I will come back next week. Right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, certainly be wonderful if God really just grabs hold of someone's heart and they put their faith in Christ that day. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to get them to come back. You know, uh, I think another wrinkle to that would be if they were brought by somebody from Alpine, we're kind of, we're, we're maybe trying to help move the conversation along. So maybe that person from our church can have a follow-up conversation. Um, so there's just, yeah, there's lots of different kind of goals along that way. Um, how we can help them take positive steps in their pursuit of God. Yeah. Okay. So with all that in mind, Scott, why don't you walk us through this sermon for Easter? It's uh, just give us the outline first, and then we'll kind of uh, dive into each one of the points. Okay. So the, the title is It's Not Too Late. And the, the story, the passage behind this is Luke 23, 39 through 43. And it's Jesus um, and the criminal on the cross who confesses Jesus as the Christ and 
um, says, you know, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus says, yes, I will. And so that's what we're focusing on. Um, so it's, you know, before Easter. And um, we uh, are doing this because I think it really puts into clear focus the cross and salvation and what it's all about. And so um, the big idea is that this criminal on the cross turns to Jesus and he reminds us that God is always ready to help those who cry out to him for help. He's all, always ready to bring salvation to those who cry out to him for help. And so we have three points along this. Uh, the first point, Jesus was unjustly condemned to death. Um, the second point is Jesus rescues people who are ready to receive help. And then the third point is Jesus offers you salvation today too. As you can see where we'll just really drive home that the gospel message is for people today. Yeah, so now it's interesting that we're it's Easter Sunday but we're we're kind of going back and focusing on the cross. So I think preachers should keep that in mind that you know we're we're painting this picture probably most visitors won't will not have come on Good Friday, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of backing up a little bit to the crucifixion, but the point is to say that uh, that all of that what Jesus did on the cross saves us and of course he's risen and that's why we celebrate Easter. Yeah, absolutely. And in the end, we'll, we'll, we'll tie back into Easter itself. But, you know, I think the crucifixion, it's the Easter weekend. I think it, it really works. It's the, it's the right time frame. So I, I think we're good there. <laughs> okay, so walk us through, before we walk through the points, and again, we'll do this quickly, because the sermon's going to be quick. So, um, Scott, how are you going to get into the sermon? How are you going to, especially on an Easter Sunday, how are you going to sort of set the hook and get get people interested and excited about the message that you're bringing? Yeah. So um, I think probably on Easter Sunday, certainly every Sunday, it's important to create um, a sense of why should you listen to this? You know, what is, what is the point of this kind of a thing? Um, why, you know, why should you hear me for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or however long? Um, and so um, on Easter Sunday, what I like to do is, uh, you know, I want to make sure that whatever that opening is, it's pretty broad and it can kind of bring in a lot of people. Um, and so uh, there's a couple of different ways you could get into this. Um, you could, first of all, talk about it's Easter Sunday, you know, and Easter is all about the resurrection of Jesus. But we're going to actually take a, a few steps back and we're going to go back to Friday, back to the crucifixion, because you can't really understand the resurrection until you understand what Jesus did on the cross. Um, or, or maybe like, you know, if, if you know, if you don't understand what Easter means for you and what the crucifixion has to do with you, then you might have missed the point um, that that could be some of it. And so you could have some fun. I think with that, you could talk about Easter and what conjures up what, you know, the things that Easter brings to your mind and, and that kind of stuff. But really, what's the point of Easter and where does it come from and get back to the cross? Um, another thing. So I, 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 uh, I'd say another thing that you can kind of tease out a little bit is the idea of this sermon is it's not too late. I mean, it's not too late for anyone as long as you're mm. still breathing to, to reach out to Jesus. And so, um, you know, you could talk about being late for something. <laughs> you could talk about being uh, tardy like for that. something as a way in. In fact, you could sort of do that as an opener. And then come and then do what I just said about, you know, hey, we're going right. to go back a day or two. Or you can combine them both. I think, uh, you know, probably a lot of people are, you know, you're dressing up and you've got Easter egg hunts and you've got all these things that you do and you're running and trying to hurry to get in the van. And you could probably have some fun with with 
showing up late to church on Easter or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good point. You could talk about showing up late. Yeah, so so there's a lot. Or, or you could sh- talk about showing up late to an Easter egg hunt if you've ever done that with your family because they last about five seconds. And so if you're late, you kind of <laughs> missed it. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of different ways to do that. Yeah, that's good. I think I would remind preachers out there to what I always like to do on Easter Sunday, well, every Sunday, but especially Easter Sunday is just really have the dads in mind, have the men in mind, because um, you're probably going to have a lot of a lot of men that don't usually come to church. Um, in our in the case of our church, I think a lot of husbands that might come with their wives on Easter Sunday and on Christmas and, mm-hmm. you know, try to set a hook that would that would make those guys sit up a little bit and pay attention, like something that they could relate to, you know, like rallying the kids or, you know, or whatever, always having to wait on your wife, which I would then throw myself under the bus because she usually has to wait. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So something like we talked about just at the beginning of this, really um, trying to uh, speak to the guest and make them feel comfortable, make them feel welcome make them feel like you're speaking to them and uh, not that you're going to speak over their heads. I think that's totally right. Okay. So now let's get into the point. So point number one, as you've already said, is that Jesus was unjustly condemned to die. So are you going to, you're going to be talking about injustice here. I see in your notes. Mm -hmm. And again, anyone listening to this can check out Scott's manuscript notes at pursuegodnetwork.org. Just uh, check out our sermon library there. But are you going to read the passage up front? Are you going to read it after you get into this first point? How are you going to do that? I probably will just read it progressively as I go. Um, I, I, I Just to kind of build the drama a little bit and build the suspense a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But there's no right or wrong way to do that. If you feel like, hey, I just want to read that up front then do it. I mean, who knows? I might wake up on Sunday morning and feel like that's what I'm going to do and do it anyway. Uh, Sometimes with a story, I like to kind of build up to it and and kind of give people a little, a verse or two at a time to build some suspense, Um, which, so that's what I'm planning on doing, but I don't think there's a hard or fast rule there. Um, So just kind of whatever works for you and your flow. Okay. So in this first point, Scott, what's the thrust of this point? Because I can see in your notes that you're you're talking about um, Jesus on the cross, you're setting the stage, but you probably don't want to go too far to step into your second point, right? Right. So I'm, I'm just trying to give some context for why Jesus is on the cross. And I want to say that he was on the cross unfairly. He didn't deserve to be there. It wasn't <laughs> because he actually committed any crime. Um, he was put up there um, unfairly. Pilate, acknowledges this he says before he condemns him uh, he says i find nothing wrong with this man and uh, even the criminal who we're going to spend more time on this morning uh, he says that um, you know jesus doesn't deserve to be there and so i'm i just want people to understand why jesus is on the cross and my guess is that a lot of guests um, a lot of non-religious people they understand that jesus died on a cross but they don't know why they don't know like what put him there And so I want to paint the point that he was there unjustly, but I don't want them to think this was an accident or it meant that God failed. I want them to see that this was also part of God's plan. So there's that wonderful verse in Acts 2 where it says that God knew what would happen. He knew that unlawful, lawless people were going to put Jesus on a cross, but this was also part of God's plan to save the world. So it's something bad is happening, something terrible is happening, but it's also part of God's larger plan. And, um, and so, you know, that's why he was on there. 
on the cross. Okay, and then you're going to transition into the second point. Um, and I see in your transition, you're you're going to now start talking a little bit more about the interaction between the criminal, the criminals, and Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So the second point, Jesus res- rescues people who are ready to receive help. And, um, you know, I think there's just something really tragic here in the story that Jesus came to save the world, but not everyone wanted his help. And just in chapter 23, three different times people taunt Jesus by saying, if you're really the savior, then why don't you save yourself? And uh, the religious leaders say this, the Roman soldiers say this, and even one of the criminals next to Jesus says this, you know, if you're really the savior, go save yourself. Um, and, and so we see that there's these people who just, they're not, they don't want it. They, they're not interested in Jesus's help or his salvation. They, they think that Jesus is, you know, lost basically. But then verse 40, the other criminal protested and said, don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? And so um, this, this now we kind of get into this criminal who has looked at Jesus on the cross and he realizes something different. He realizes that Jesus was innocent and he realizes that Jesus truly is the Messiah. And so he says in verse 42, the famous words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he's saying, you know, Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you were. I believe you're God's chosen one who's going to die for the sins of the world. Um, you know, we could use Messiah language. I would just say explain what Messiah is because a lot of people aren't, don't know what the term Messiah means. Um, but the idea of come into your kingdom, he's saying like, Jesus, I know you're going back to the God, the Father. I know you're going to heaven. You know, take me with you. It's sort of his cry. You know, would you rescue me? And um, the, and what I'm, where I want to bring this point is to say these two criminals on the cross, on, on these two different crosses, they represent the two different ways we can respond to God. Either we can be like the one criminal, mocking, disbelief, scorn, you know, um, maybe we can be actively hostile to go toward God, or we can just ignore God and pretend like uh, he's not around, or that spiritual things don't matter, or, you know, life after death isn't something to think about. But whatever the case, we can push God away. We can be like that one criminal, or we can be like the other criminal, aware of our sinfulness, aware that we can't save ourselves, aware that there's God in heaven and we're not him. And we can be like that criminal who cries out to Jesus for help. And But we have to get to that point. We have to get to the point where we're ready to, to receive God's help. Because once we're at that point, that's when Jesus can rescue us. So, Scott, this is the part of the sermon that I get most excited about because I know the way I'm going to preach this is just to say, hey, which which one are you? You know, are you the guy over here on the right who screwed up but recognizes you screwed up and you and you look to Jesus on on a day like today? Um, it may be even just appealing to the person who who doesn't get to hang around with Jesus very much, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, really? Like that guy could at the end of his life, like, mm-hmm. you know, that guy, Jesus would still accept that guy. Um, and some of you, some of you might be that guy who you see him maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. And you say, you say, I, but whenever I do come, something stirs in my heart and I do, I'm interested. Or are you like the guy, the criminal on the left, who's just sitting here skeptical and, um, just like, when is this over? So we can go home and eat our ham, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that's a good transition to where we're going with it too, which, which is that Jesus offers you salvation today too. Because I think yeah. it's helpful to, pu- to play up the fact that, 
this criminal who asks for help, he's a bad guy. Like we have no reason to believe that he's innocent, you know, yeah. as he says, I deserve what I'm getting. And, yeah. and so he deserves his fate. He hasn't done anything good and he has no time, right? He has no time to um, fix his life. He has no time to be righteous. He has no time to go to church. He can't get baptized, right? Nothing. He can't do anything. He's going to mm. die. Mm. And so what is Jesus going to say to this guy? And then um, if I could just keep going, verse 43, he says, yeah. Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. And so you have this guy who will do nothing at all to contribute to his salvation. No good works. He, I mean, he's got hours left. Um, and Jesus says, when I, when I die and you die today, you will be with me in paradise, be with me in heaven. And so that's just a powerful just a powerful statement for jesus to make that's mm. almost scandalous right that you can mm -hmm. you can see the the regular church attenders just saying wait a second you know why do you why do you why are you, why are you so nice to the priesters to the you know the people who come on christmas and easter like i'm the one who comes here every week week in and week out and but that's the scandal of the cross is that he accepts the latecomer not yeah. just, not just yeah. the one who's been here all along Right. And let's not fool ourselves into thinking that we contribute anything to our salvation, you know, yeah. like good, good on you. If you are, you know, part of the church and you're regular and all that kind of stuff and you're committed. Good. That's good. But yeah. it has nothing yeah. to do with why God accepts you in heaven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then you, you enter the, enter the gospel right there. And now you're sharing the gospel to close and, and tying it back into Easter, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. I didn't do it here, but in my notes, you can see this. I do want to make it, I will make a few comments about the phrase today, you'll be with me in paradise, because, okay. you know, where I'm a pastor, especially, there's some confusion about what that means. Um, there's some false ideas about that. But the, the big point is just to say, Jesus was saying, today, you will be with me in heaven. That's where we're going. <laughs> and yeah. that's going to, you know, you're going to be there. And so, yeah, it's a gospel moment. It's a moment to say, hey, choose Christ. But then to kind of wrap it back in with Easter too. I'm just doing a little peek ahead in chapter 24. And so my thought here is to say, you know, um, we, uh, we, it, we hear these words of Jesus and they sound comforting and they sound positive, but how do we know that they really, you know, how, how do we know that we can trust these words? Like maybe Jesus is just trying to make a, a guy who's going to die feel good about himself. Well, we know that Jesus's words had power and have meaning and that this man was with Christ in paradise and, and he is in heaven and we can be with, with God in heaven if we accept Jesus as our Savior because of the resurrection. And so I just give a little taste in Luke 24 of the resurrection um, where it says, you know, Jesus is alive and uh, this is what he promised, that he would rise again on the third day. And so the resurrection is our proof. Uh, of all that Jesus said and taught and uh, proclaimed about himself. So that gets us back to Easter. People are like, wait, what happened to Easter? <laughs> it's there too. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just hopefully a, you know, God willing, a very powerful gospel message. And we just want to get out of the way and let people wrestle with God. And I love that idea of saying, you know, which, which criminal are you? Who are you? Um, and, and what are you going to do now? Even if you're the one who's been pushing God away. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, you know, you're not, you're not beyond God's help but today is your day, you know, choose. Today's the day you can choose Christ. So. Yeah, so so then on a, just on the practical side of things, Scott, for churches that kind of do an invitation, you know, do maybe a, 
offered for people to pray a prayer, that sort of thing. Is that is that appropriate on a on an Easter morning? How what would you recommend for that? Um, you know, I look. I I think if God is prompting you, you're up there, and God's prompting you to pray a prayer, then you should follow that. You should go with that. I, I don't typically plan on that, um, and I, I I typically don't. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I never call, uh, invite people to come forward. That's just not really what we do in our church. Mm -hmm. um, I might every once in a while, if I feel the Holy Spirit leading me, I might pray a prayer and say, hey, you can repeat something like this, you know, in your heart right now. Yeah. Um, I don't do that much. Um, really, it's just will I really sense God kind of leading that. So maybe he will. Um, maybe he won't, <laughs> but you know, uh, I, even if I don't pray that prayer, I might kind of say like, this is the kind of thing you can pray to God. And I just kind of even say that in the sermon. So, yeah. um, so some of that is sort of sensing kind of just how God's leading in the moment in the room. Um, and I just don't want, you know, I don't want to manufacture something that God's not really putting out there, but I want to be open to it too. Yeah. And I guess my point is, uh, I actually try not to I probably do that more, maybe a little bit more than you do. And in, in, I don't do it every week, but I, you know, my background and whatever, I do, probably more than mm -hmm. you do, but I don't, I, I kind of shy away from that on Easter because mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think it's a fan. It's kind of one of those family times. I think God can stir someone's heart. And, um, and my main goal on Easter is to really sort of inspire them to come back or to, yeah. or to maybe fill out a fill out a card and ask for a mentor or something like that because um it, you know they might it might be just like god really showed up and stirred something in their heart and they're not sure what to do with it yeah totally totally absolutely but, but give them a practical way to respond that kind of fits in with a holiday sunday and so that again pastors and and uh, leaders at churches can think about what, what would that would look like for your church. I'm sure certain, some churches would just, you know, call people forward and, and that's great. And other churches might think about having another sort of response that allows them to keep moving the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would just say, you know, if you, maybe you have a really good conversation with someone after a service or, you get a good encouraging card note or something like that, or you just sense that somebody new is really tracking with you and then they don't show up the next Sunday. Um, don't get discouraged because I can't tell you how many times like people really did get affected by Easter Sunday, but that doesn't mean they started showing up every week, <laughs> the next week. It still took some time, you know, sometimes even months, but Easter Sunday was just kind of one step that God used along the way to bring him to faith in Christ or to bring him to taking their faith seriously. So, you know, don't get discouraged if you have this really high Easter and then the next week it kind of feels like a drop off because God's still at work and yeah. it's a, uh, it's a long-term marathon, right? <laughs> so it's yeah, good. Okay. Well, this is called, it's not too late. It's for Easter Sunday. Um, the notes are all at pursuegodnetwork.org forward slash uh, sermons. So check out our sermon library there. You'll see Scott's manuscript. You'll see uh, the small group material connected to this sermon and uh, slides and so much more.